Good morning. It is great to be here to share God's word with you. Uh, it's my uh, second time preaching in English, so bear with me. Uh, there are a lot of bad news that we're seeing every day. If you turn on the TV or listen to the radio, you will know that there was just a recent shooting in West Texas last night. We're facing persecution and opposition every day. Now, I was supposed to go on a China mission trip last October. We didn't go because the churches in China was facing a lot of persecution. They are still facing them today. But because I didn't go to, go to China, I had some extra vacation days that was carried over into this year. So I decided to go to Puerto Rico uh, this past uh, two months ago. Uh, during the trip, we went with Belmont Baptist Church. It was a great time. Every time we go on a mission trip, we think that we are a blessing to the people there. But you always end up that they are more blessing to us than we are to them. On my way back from our mission trip to Puerto Rico, on the last leg of our flight from Orlando to Greensboro, I was sitting next to Brother Josh Campbell from Belmont Baptist Church. I had the aisle seat. Josh was in the middle seat. Now, the flight was not at full capacity because there were open seats behind us. Josh and I started a conversation while we were waiting for the, the plane to take off. And we talked about many things. I'm not going to stand here and bore you with the details, but we were trying to get to know each other. After all, we were working together for the last week. So we talked about family, how we ended up in Roanoke, and we talked about church. Now, we had to stop because the flight attendant was giving uh, the safety procedures. The gentleman with the window seat asked the flight attendant for another seat. I understand why he would want another seat, because why should three men be crammed into a row of seats when there are empty seats behind us? I would have probably done the same if I didn't want to continue our, uh, the conversation with Josh. So the flight attendant told the gentleman that it is okay for him to change his seat, but he had to wait till the flight get to a cruising altitude. Out of the blue, the guy started to bicker and attack Josh and I verbally saying things like, I have never seen two men talk so much. Why are you keep talking? You guys just keep talk, talk, talk. I'm trying to sleep. Now, Josh and I were talking, but it hasn't really been that long because the plane was still taxiing in the, in the runway. And we had paused our conversation because the flight attendant was flight attendants was giving the safety precautions. So many things went through my mind because, you see, Josh is African-American and I'm Asian. But I kept my cool and we stayed quiet while the plane was climbing to the cruising altitude. It seems that the flight would never reach cruising altitude. 
because of the tension and the awkwardness that we're in. But finally, the flight attendant came over and told the guy that he can change to another seat. It became clear to me why he attacked us. As he was moving to another seat, he said to us, Are you guys preachers? Why are you so inconsiderate of other people? Now, I realized that he didn't attack us because of the color of our skin. We can be purple or maybe fluorescent orange, and it wouldn't matter to him. He attacked us verbally because we were talking church. Do you have similar experience? Have someone amped up their dislike toward you, or has someone even expressed hatred toward you just because they know you are a follower of Christ? I would like to read the scripture today. If the world hates you, Know that he has hated me before he hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I say to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoke to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. In today's scripture, Christ Jesus is giving warning to his disciples of what is to come. He is telling his followers that persecution will come to those who follow him. In today's scripture, there are two points I would like us to see. The first one is the world hated Christ Jesus. And the second point is the world hates Christians. The world hated Christ Jesus. They hated him because he came to dwell among us. Verse 22, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Jesus is the light of the world. Light will illuminate darkness. Light will expose the darkness that is hiding. Have you ever turned over a rock and see the bugs crawling and trying to hide? Those bugs were comfortable hiding in the shadow of the rock. But when you turn it over, you expose them to the light, and they try to crawl and hide. Christ Jesus 
came to the world in glory, full of grace and truth. He was the only sinless man that had ever walked on this earth. Apostle Peter told us, Christ Jesus committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. Because of this, the world hated him. Why would the world hate a perfect, sinless man who is full of grace and truth? Because the world has been exposed by his glory. Apostle John said in John 3, 19, verse 19 and 20, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works shall be exposed. They hated him because he exposed their sins. They hated him because of what he did. Verse 24. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. Apostle John recorded seven miracles that Jesus had performed. He called them signs. Because with each sign, Christ Jesus revealed to us who he is. Why did he record only seven signs? He explained it in John uh, chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Apostle John believed those seven signs were enough to paint the picture of the fullness of Christ Jesus. And by seeing his fullness, we can believe and have life in his name. Apostle John recorded that people starting, people started their persecution of Jesus after the third sign, which was recorded in John chapter 5. There were many sick and needy people gathered by the pool of Bethesda. Now, they were there because they believed that no matter what their sickness is, if they can be just the first in the water, when you start to move, they will be healed. Out of that group of people, there was this one hopeless man laying by the pool. This man has been sick for 38 years. Now, he was full of hope. But because if somehow he can't be the first in the water as he moves, he would get healed. But he was holding on to the empty hope because he is invalid meaning that he cannot move. So there's no way he could be the first in the water. And of course, no one would throw him in the water as he moves. Christ Jesus sought out this man and healed him by telling him to 
get up, take up your bed, and walk. When the people saw the man walking, they did not see this as a miracle. They saw it as how can Jesus do work on the day of Sabbath, the day of rest. This deed is punishable by death. And that's the reason they were persecuting him. They hated him because they were spiritually blind. Verse 21. By all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. Now, Pastor Pete has a discipleship class Sunday night. Uh, we're studying prayer with Timothy Keller's book titled Prayer. In this book, in chapter one of this book, I will quote Flannery O'Connor. Dear God, I cannot love thee the way I want to. You are the slim crescent of the moon that I see, and myself is Earth's shadow that kept me from seeing all the moon. What I am afraid of, dear God, is that, I, is, is that my self-shadow will grow so large that it blocks the whole moon, that I will judge myself by the shadow that is nothing. I do not know you, God, because I am in the way. And I'll quote. Many see Christ Jesus as a good man, a good teacher, a prophet, a good philosopher. But they reject Christ as the Savior because of their own personal agenda. Sure, Jesus can be one of the way to God. But how can he say he is the only way, only truth, and only life? and that no one can get to God except through him. Their agenda caused them to turn a blind eye to what they saw. Not only did the world hate Christ Jesus, the world hates Christians. They hate us because we are identified with Christ. Verse 18 and 20. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. Verse 20, remember the word that I say to you, a servant is no greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. He is the master, we are the servant. He is the teacher, we are the students. If they hated our master, they will also hate those who is with the master. If, the, if they hate the teacher, they will hate the teaching of the, his students. If they rejected Christ Jesus because he said he is the only way, only truth, and only life, how do you think they will treat us when we tell them money won't save you, Fame won't save you. Good deed won't save you. Only the name of Christ Jesus can save you. They hate us without any reason, like they hated him. 
verse 25. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. Many people today don't mind Jesus' teaching because they see it as a religion that teach people to do good things. They are okay with us as long as we, as long as we stay out of their way. The dealership I work for has a Christian gathering on third Thursdays of every month. We would gather in one of the conference rooms to have lunch and have a short devotional. Sometimes we will watch a short video. Sometimes we'll have a short message. I was told that this gathering faced opposition when it first started. One of the person in the management level went to, went to one of the gatherings, and after that he complained to the owner of the company. He told the owner, it is good for the company to provide free lunch, but it cannot have a religious message afterwards. And that the owner should put an end to this because he has no place to eat his lunch. And he does not want to be forced to hear this Christian nonsense. Now, it is okay with us. It has always been okay with us. If someone would just show up and grab a meal and leave, we have never, and we will never, force someone to stay if they were just here for lunch. So the complaint was unwarranted. But he didn't like it because we were talking church. We were having devotional. I like the answer that the, that the person received. The owner told him, I quote, this is my company. I can do whatever I like. You can either find another place to eat your lunch one day a month or find another job. Now I'm sure none of us want to be ridiculed on our flight home, nor do we look forward to our co-workers singling us out. So what do we need to do to prevent this persecution and prevent this ridicule? Verse 19, the upper, the, the part A, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. There was a YouTube video that I saw a few years ago. A Range Rover SUV was driving between a group of motorcycle riders. Now, as a motorcycle rider myself, I can tell you we don't like to get too close to cars because we don't know. We're not sure whether the driver will see us or not. So the video showed that the SUV driver bump into one of the rider. So the other riders blocked the SUV. For some reason, the driver decided to run over the riders. As you can imagine, a chase ensues. The last few images of the video show that the riders smashed the windows of the SUV. Later, it was made known that there was a police officer in the crowd of the bikers. He chose not to defuse the situation because he was undercover and he did not want to blow his cover. 
now it's not right for me to stand here and judge because I don't know the danger of being undercover. But maybe, maybe in that moment, he forgot that he's a police officer. Maybe at that moment, he forgot that his duty is to keep peace. Maybe at that moment, he was one of them. If you were of the world, the world will love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, do not be an undercover Christian. Christ Jesus came into this world to save us from the endless cycle of sins we're in, to push us out of this bottomless pit that trapped us. He gave us new identities. Apostle Peter told us that we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that we may proclaim the excellency of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. I kept seeing this quote pop out on my Facebook feed. I'd rather stand with God and be condemned by the world than to stand with the world and be condemned by God. Dear beloved brothers and sisters, Christ Jesus told us that we are the salt of the earth, that we are the light of the world. So don't lose our flavor. Don't stop shining for him. And please don't be an undercover Christian. And you may tell me, Michael, it is easier said than done. I know what I should do, but to be able to endure the ridicule and the persecution is a different story. Dear brothers and sisters, I feel your pain. But please remember, we're not at this alone. When Saul of Tarsus was persecuting Christians, Lord Jesus appeared to him when he was on his way to Damascus. Did Christ Jesus say to Saul, 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 why are you per persecuting my people? No, that's not, what, that's not what Christ Jesus said. Christ Jesus said to Saul, 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 why are you persecuting me? Dear brothers and sisters, how can we endure the ridicule and persecution? He is for us and he is with us. Christ told us to abide in him, and he is in us. I once heard a pastor say this, when the outside force is greater than the inside, it's called pressure. But when the inside force is greater than the outside, it's called strength or power. He is in us, 
if we're in him. I would like to close with two stories in the Bible. First story is recorded in Daniel chapter 3. A king Nebuchadnezzar built himself a gold statue and told everyone in the country that they need to bow down to the statue when they hear the music. And those, for those who do not bow to the statue, they will be thrown into the fiery furnace. There were three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They would not bow down to the golden statue. When Nebuchadnezzar found out, he told the three young men that he would give them another chance. That if they would bow to the golden statue, their lives would be spared. But if they refused, they would be cast into the fiery furnace immediately. He even asked him, who is the God who will deliver you out of my hand? The three young men told Nebuchadnezzar, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God who we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods nor worship the golden image that you have set up. Needless to say, they are thrown into the fiery furnace. But in the furnace, Nebuchadnezzar saw four people. Many believe the fourth person is Christ Jesus. The second story I want to share to close is uh, recorded in Acts chapter 6 and 7. When Stephen was being falsely accused and persecuted, it is recorded that his face was like the face of an angel. When he was receiving his final verdict, he glazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, welcoming him home. Stephen became the first mother for Christ. Christ Jesus did not promise worry-free living if we follow him. He did not promise good job, nice house if we follow him. He told us to count the cost of following him. He told us to pick up our cross if we want to follow him. His promise to us is that we will receive life, an abundant life if we follow him, and that he will be with us always to the end of the age. There will be troubled water ahead. There will be ridicule and persecution. Dear brothers and sisters, please remember, the victory is won. It is sealed with his blood, delivered by his resurrection. For those of you, for those of you who is considering Christian, Christianity, Please know that Christianity is not a religion, but a relationship. We would love to talk to you 
about how to start this relationship with Christ Jesus who died for you so you may have life everlasting. And to my dear brothers and sisters, I know that you may be going through trials and difficulties. Please remember this. The one who made heaven and earth and all that's in it, the one whose name is above all name is in us if we are in him. He is the force inside us and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for sending our Savior, Christ Jesus. We thank you that he killed us to count the cost of following him. We thank you that he didn't just give us empty promises of fame and fortune and, every, and smooth sailing if we were to follow him. We thank you that he warned us that if we choose to follow him, that persecution and ridicule will come. He also promised us that he will, if we decide to follow him, he will give us life, uh, an abundant life, and that he will be with us till the end of the day. Lord, we, I pray that you be with us. Let, us. let us know that you are with us, no matter what we're going through, that we cannot do this alone, but through you, we can do all things. Please strengthen us as we face persecution, as we face ridicule as we face our daily life. Be with us as we go. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.